0: Good morning, everyone. Happy Father's Day to all of our our fathers. I want to give a kind of shout out to my dad, who um, is just an awesome father. Uh, He taught me how to throw a football and a baseball, and uh, all of my childhood and upbringing, he's just always been there for me. Um, He's been a great dad. Today I want to talk specifically to fathers. And I want to talk to you about what your mission in life is. And I want to talk about today and always a major threat to fatherhood. And how men are called to overcome that obstacle for the good of their children. So if I had a title for today's uh, sermon, I'd probably call it um, A Call to Become Eccentric. We'll get to that. I know what you're thinking, dads are already eccentric, right? I feel like every movie and every TV show, like, the dad is always, like, kind of quirky and eccentric and weird. Um, That's a good thing, and I'll show you why in a second. My dad had some of those eccentricities, right? When you think of your dad, like, my dad has a Chicago accent, and I'm so used to it that I don't even notice anymore, but everybody else does, like, oh, my gosh, I can tell your dad's from Chicago. And I think of my childhood and my dad taking us on all these hikes with the big fanny pack, that for some ungodly reason is back in style today. Um, I'll see you in the confessional if you have a fanny pack. Dads have quirks, they have eccentricities. And of course, the word eccentric, and that's what I wanna focus on today is the word eccentric. The word eccentric, like all good things, comes from the Greek. So this is from Merriam Webster. Eccentric comes to us through Middle English and from the medieval Latin word eccentricus. But it is ultimately derived from a combination of the Greek words ek, meaning out of, and kentron, meaning center. So eccentric means something that's out of the center. And it has a um, kind of an etymology that goes back to astronomy. And so when you have an orbit, something that's eccentric was kind of off-kilter. It was out of orbit. Since at least 1630, English speakers have also used eccentric to describe individuals who are figuratively off center. Welcome to the word dad. It can also be used to describe something that doesn't allow a truly circular path, as in an eccentric orbit. Okay, so what does that mean for us? That's one sense of eccentric. Eccentric means you're off-center. Something's off. And sometimes we think of dads that way. But I want to take you to another meaning of eccentric. And this is straight from Balthazar. And here's what I want to call you guys to today. Balthazar says, Every life contains a center that is eccentric. That is outside itself. Here's what I really, dads. Here's what makes you a father. We're gonna come back to this quote. Every life, the way God created you and I and fathers, this is why fatherhood as a vocation saves your soul. The natural thing in this world is to make yourself the center. In my own life, I know this as a danger. The danger is I make myself the center of the universe, but something every dad knows, and it's a miracle. There is a miracle that when you get married, that happens there too, but especially when you have children, you become eccentric in the way Balthazar is talking about. Which means that the center of your life is no longer inside of you. The center of your life, your meaning in life is outside. So, hear this again. Balthazar says Every life contains a center that is eccentric, that is outside itself. Fathers, your center is your children. And also your wife, of course. That is salvific. That will save you. Around this center, each person must order and make use of his natural gifts. That is the concrete form in which he will fulfill his calling to love. And this fulfillment will be his service. The world tells us, right, that happiness is all about having the right things. It's about being the center. The Christian knows, and the person even who's married, even God is so wonderful. Even non-Christians on the natural level, when they become moms and dads, they learn the truth that real happiness is finding something outside of yourself to lay your life down for. Dad, today I want to call you, the first thing is this, is your life really eccentric? Have you learned that the irony of the way God created us is that we can only find joy in someone other than ourselves? That The real way to find your life is to lose it, as Jesus says seven times in the Gospels. The one who seeks his own life will lose it, but the one who loses his life for my sake will find it. That's the great irony of the Christian life. That's the first call. The second one is this. I want to teach you that your mission as fathers is to teach your children to be eccentric. Not with fanny packs. No fanny packs for your kids. But you are called to teach your children that the meaning of their life is outside of themselves. And the ultimate fulfillment for all of us with that is in God. Right? The reason God created us was to love Him, to know Him, to serve Him. And ironically, in that way, to find perfect joy. So St. Paul says this in Ephesians 1. He says, in him, in Christ, this is Ephesians 1.11, according to the purpose of him who accomplishes all things, according to the counsel of his will, we who first hoped in Christ, and this is the key line, we who first hoped in Christ have been destined and appointed to live for the praise of his glory. Hear that again. We who first hoped in Christ have been destined and appointed to live for the praise of his glory. God created all of us to be eccentric. He created us to have our center somewhere else. And the center of all things is God. Fathers, and here's what I want to advocate for you today. God created your children, which you cooperated with. God created your children to be men and women of praise. Every one of us in this church today, all of you at home, wherever you're at, we were made to be men and women of praise. And I want to talk about that today because that's hard. It's been on my heart a lot lately. We live in a very broken world. And right now, we're all feeling that. We have the coronavirus. We have the divisions in our country. We have lots of problems. And as I get older, there's a natural tendency in me, and I want you to think about this. There is a natural tendency, I think, in some more than others, but I think in all of us, to grow negative. Negative. And it's so easy for me. When I look at the world, it's so easy for me to look outside and the first thing I see is what's negative. And there's a natural tendency to criticize. And to say, you know what? You know what's wrong with the world is this and that and it's pew number five. Right? One, two, three. Oh, that's the Vieiras. Um, pew number five and I'm this side. All you guys, you're the problem. Right? We think that. Paul tells us that you and I were created for the praise of the glory of God. And brothers and sisters, I just want to tell you today, praise will free you. It will free you. Our community, the Companions of Christ, and Trevor, our seminarian, we were talking about this this morning... We, we have a holy hour, and in, in our holy hours, we have some praise and worship music, and then we do what we call spontaneous praise. And it's kind of awkward at first. What we do is, like, I'm on the guitar, and it's 6.30 in the morning, and you don't really want to do it when you start. But the song ends, and then guys are encouraged to just praise God in their own words. And when you first start, we're Catholics, so we don't know how to do it. And we're, so we're like, Jesus... Thou art mighty unto ages of ages, right? (laughs) And incredible in thy gloriousness, which thou hast deigned through all eternity. And everybody's like, excuse you? (laughs) You have to learn how to do it. But when you start doing it, your heart just is freed. And this past week, when we had our companion's holy hour, and, you know, Catholics were a little nervous about this and you don't have to do this but I I will invite you to it and some songs right when I was in college you have the like hands up thing we don't do that as Catholics but there's just something so freeing and you you get used to it and you get there and you're just like you put your hands up and it just feels natural and you're like at first it doesn't at first you're like you kind of like go halfway you're like is this okay but as your soul is freed, it feels so good to praise God. Just tell Him what you feel. Jesus, I love you. You are beautiful. You are the Savior of the world. Lord, you give meaning to my life. You free me from selfishness. Your love on the cross has shown me that my life matters. Lord, may your priests praise you. May your people rejoice in your goodness. Your mercy is everlasting. You are courageous and compassionate. You can go on and on. Dads, do you do that? Our world right now is cynical. It's grown to a place where it's so easy for us to just see what's bad. The gift of the Christian is that we can always praise God. Right, our second reading, I want to just touch on, on two of our readings briefly here. In our second reading from Romans 5, this is the clearest place in the Bible that talks about original sin. And so Paul says, as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, the one man is Adam. So death spread to all men, because all men sinned. Sin Sin is universal. Now that sounds like me i would just stop there i'd be like yep traffic's bad everyone hates me i'm gonna go sit in my closet and die (laughs) that's the melancholic creed but paul goes on and he says this he says the free gift though is not like the trespass if many died through the one man's trespass my two favorite words in the new testament much more much more have the grace of god and the free gift of the grace of the one man jesus christ abounded for many so paul doesn't he's not naive he knows there's problems he knows there's sin he knows there's division But he knows, Lord, that your grace abounds much more than sin. Not a little bit, much more. It overflows. It is an infinite fountain of mercy and salvation. And Jesus, every one of us can praise you for that. So dads, I just, this morning, as we wrap up, I could go on and on. Jeremiah today talks about praising God right after he's been put in the stocks and beaten. But he still knew God was faithful. Dads, you are called, your children, if they're gonna be happy, you want your kids to be happy, there's lots of things that they need, right? They need to work hard and learn discipline and that you want them to do well in school and all those things, They are called to be men and women who are eccentric. Because you and I can never find happiness in ourselves. Do not be cynical, dads. We can be critical. Give up on your cynicism. Cast it out from you. Don't focus on what's bad. Fill your soul and your heart and your mind with the beauty and the truth and the goodness of God. When you do that, you're going to teach your kids to be men and women appointed for the praise and the glory of God. And so Jesus, today we ask you to bless all of our fathers. Lord, may you free us from cynicism. May you free us from being critical. May you free us from all the traps where we think the world is evil. Lord, may we focus on your goodness May we know that we were created for heaven, we were created for joy and praise, and that your love is real. Jesus, bless our fathers. May they live for the praise of your glory.